Welcome to Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Thank you for joining us as we listen to another message from Pastor Daniel Shirley. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed the world to know us, because it did not know Him. So notice he said, the, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Now this word bestowed is, is important because this, this word bestowed refers to a gift that is given to your advantage. And being a gift, we, you know, uh, you cannot earn, you cannot pay for a gift. If you pay for it, if you earn it, it ceases to be a gift. A gift is something that is given, you know, uh, in, in all honesty, if, if uh, you know, how would you, think about it this way, think about it this way, if, if you were to, when we give gifts, uh, and, and you were to give your children a gift, and they were to ask you, then, what do I need to do to pay for this? What do I need to do to, to, to earn this? I, I, I just don't deserve this gift. I want to, I, I want to pay for it. I want to, uh, to compensate. You know, what did this cost you? You know, you would think, what? You know, I, I just gave you a gift. I just gave you, and you're trying to pay me for it. You're trying to, to uh, you know, compensate me. Don't you understand gift? And you see, but this is the way we do Father God many times. You know, it's, it, we, we think that we have to earn it, that we have to pay for it, that we have to deserve it. What attention to this? He says, behold, what manner of love given us as a gift that is to our advantage. Praise God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now, notice this. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Now, when we start talking about becoming, becoming children of God, let me, just, let me just say something here. Sometimes we get this religious mindset, this religious mentality that won't let us say certain things because we feel like if we're saying it, then we're being sacrilegious or we're being, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're taking something upon ourselves that we don't once again deserve to be able to say. But let, how many of you are aware that Jesus is called the only begotten Son of God up to a point. And then, beyond that, beyond the cross, He's never called the only begotten Son of God again. He is called the firstborn among many brethren. Praise God. He's called the firstborn among many brethren. 
So Jesus is no longer the only begotten Son of God. He is the firstborn from the dead. That means if he was the firstborn, then there must be a secondborn, right? If there was a secondborn, there's probably, you know, doesn't have to be, but there, you know, there, there are more. Let me just say it that way. If there was a first, then there are more just by implication. You know, he is no longer called the only begotten son of God. Now, we got to understand, I am, I am not trying to say that you are him. There's only one firstborn. There's only one that has preeminence. There is only one that made this possible. Jesus is unique in that regard, in that manner. He is the firstborn. He is the eldest son of God. But you are now called children of God. All right, if you're called, see, here's the thing that that religious thinking Christians will do. I'm a child of God. But they can't say son of God. But isn't a son a child? Isn't a child either a son or a daughter? And so our religious mentality blocks us many times from being able to say what is actually the truth of the matter and what God himself has said because, you know, we think that if we're saying, well, I am a son of God, that we are somehow pulling Jesus down from where he sits on the throne at the right hand of the Father. No, for you to say you are a son of God is, is, is actually acknowledging what Jesus did. The reason Jesus came to this earth, the reason he went to the cross, the reason he paid the price for your sins and rose from the dead is so that you could also be a son or daughter of God. Because God wanted a family. Now, the way that Christians think about this many times, religiously minded Christians think many times, it's almost like saying, well, I have my firstborn son and then the rest of my children are puppies. You know, I mean, it's almost the same thing. They are some kind of a lesser kind of being. You know, the, the, I know that there are people who don't have children and they call their, their dog their, this is my kids. But, you know, we all know the truth of that matter, you know. And, but yet that's how we act sometimes, like we are some kind of a lesser being. But was Jesus' work successful? Did it accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish? If it did, then you are a son or daughter of God, and don't be ashamed to say it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I will say this. Be careful about who you say it around. You know, we, we don't want to just stir stuff up for the sake of stirring stuff up. And, and so... Uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called, 
and I'm not I'm going to use the word here a son or a daughter of God praise God praise God he is always there can never be more than one firstborn right you know you can never have another firstborn that's that's all there is to it and so Jesus holds preeminence in that regard Jesus holds first place he holds the place of highest honor we can never take his place he's not going to scoot over and let us sit on the throne next to him that's his throne he is the one who is worthy of that throne and he will always be enthroned there at the right hand of the father as the firstborn from the dead but praise god he has raised us up to sit together with him. I said he wasn't going to scoot over. You are in him. Okay? You are in him. Praise God. So in that regard, you are also enthroned in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Now, I know that uh, there are churches that would kick me out for saying this. But you know what? This is my church. And, and so I'll just go ahead and say it. Praise God. Praise God. And, and I won't get kicked out. Now, he has given us the right to be called sons or daughters of God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 11. For both he who sanctifies and, notice this, both he who sanctifies, who's that? Jesus. Okay to answer. When I ask a question, it's all right to answer. Okay, both he who sanctifies, and who is that? Jesus. And those who are being sanctified, who's that? That's us. Are all one. I'm, I'm reading right out of the Bible, okay? Both, I, I know it's on the iPad. It's not a print version. It's an iPad. It's still the Bible, okay? Both those, both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. For which reason... He is not ashamed to call them brethren. He, the one who sanctifies, is not ashamed to call us, the ones who are being sanctified, his brethren. Now, we start becoming conscious of that. It begins to think, it, it begins to change how we, how we live. It begins to change how we think about life. It begins to change how we think God thinks about us and how we think about Him. Praise God. Verse 12, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praises to you. And again, 
I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Praise God. Notice he said he would declare your name in the midst of the congregation, in the midst of the assembly. Praise God. He's not ashamed to call you his brethren. Praise God. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse number 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You are predestined. Now, let me... Let me say this, there are some that teach that some are predestined to be saved and some are predestined to not be saved. And if you're predestined to not be saved, there's nothing you can do about it. You couldn't be saved if you tried. You couldn't be saved if, you know, or if you're predestined to be saved, there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to be saved no matter what. That is a perversion of the doctrine of predestination. You are predestined, predetermined, Praise God. If you, he says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. God knew who was going to get saved, who wasn't. Now, that doesn't mean that, that there was nothing you could do, that, that some were predestined to not be saved. That, that's not what he's saying. He's saying those he foreknew, it, it, he knew that you would be saved and he predestined that those who are saved, those who are, uh, have received Jesus Christ as their Savior, he predestined that you would be conformed to the image of his Son. Praise God. That you would be conformed to the image of his Son. Then let's go on. He says, so that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, who did he predestine? Make, make it personal. He predestined you. He predestined you, those he also called, so if he predestined you, then he called you. And these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. So now, here he's talking about you. He predestined that you would be conformed to the image of his son. And then he predestined that you would be called, that you would be justified. Now, who is the one who justifies? Romans tells us that, that, that he wants to be the one who justifies. In other words, he doesn't want you trying to justify yourself. Praise God. He is just and the justifier. That's what Romans teaches us. He is just and the justifier. He doesn't want you trying to justify yourself. These he also, he also justified. Now, the word justified goes right along with, it, it, it runs right along with the word righteous. Praise God. 
So if he justified you, he declared you to be righteous. He declared you to be in right standing with him. Now, and if you are a brother to Jesus, he's the original righteous, right? He's the original righteous brother. And if you are brethren with him, then you are one of the righteous brothers. Praise God. Go ahead and text your friends. I joined the righteous brothers. Praise God. Now, if they're, if they're too young, they won't know who, they won't know what you're talking about. They just think you're crazy. But uh, moreover, whom he predestined, and he did predestine you, who he predestined, he also called, and whom he also, who these, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, religious thinking says God won't share his glory with anyone. But here it says he glorified you. Now, he won't share the glory that belongs to Jesus in the sense that Jesus is the one that made it possible. You know, that belongs to him and him alone because he is the only one who could have ever paid that price. He was the only one that ever even qualified to pay that price. But he glorified you. He, God, glorified you. The Father glorified you. Praise God. Christ in us, I taught uh, a few weeks back, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Praise God. So when Christ is in us, he glorified us. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 2. The beloved, now we are the children of God. And I'm going to go ahead and put the, the, the words in here because I want you to get used to thinking this way. Beloved, now we are sons and daughters of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Now, I heard this many, many, many years taught like this. Now, I'm just going I'm, I'm to read this the way that I always heard it taught. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when Jesus comes back to this earth, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, let me read this the way it ought to be read. With, with the understanding, the way this ought to be read. Beloved, now we are sons and daughters of God. And we have not yet gotten, gotten a full revelation of what we shall be. But we know 
that when we see Him, when we have a revelation of Him, we will be like Him. And doesn't that make a difference? You see, we've been living our lives looking for the great day when Jesus would return to this earth and we would suddenly be changed and transformed into His image and be like Him. But what we have failed to realize is it is already a reality and we need to see it. We need to recognize who we have been made in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Beloved, now, right now, right this moment, not someday in the sweet by and by, but, one, but, but right now, this very moment, praise God, you are a son or a daughter of God. You haven't fully understood what that means yet. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. You haven't gotten a full revelation of that. I haven't got a full revelation of that. I'm growing in my revelation of that, but I have not fully understood exactly what that means. Praise God. But I do know this, that when He is revealed to me, When I see him as he is, then I will be changed and transformed to be what he is. You see, because here's what the scripture tells us in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into that same image. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, transformation is a result of revelation. Transformation is not a result of working harder to do better. Yet that's what we've heard for, for, for years and years and years. Well, you got to try harder. you got to work harder. you got to clean your life up. you got to get yourself fixed. you got to quit doing this. you got to start doing that. And that's what we have done to try to be transformed into His image. We, in other words, we have tried to transform ourselves. But transformation comes by revelation. When He is revealed, we will be like Him. When we begin to see Him as He is, we will be then transformed into the image that we're looking at. Praise God. Praise God. You see, we, we would say if we're looking in a mirror, well, the mirror is just a reflection of what is. And he says is we're, looking at it, we're looking in a mirror. When we're looking, we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. How can you... If that's, the, the mirror doesn't reflect something that's not. Mirrors tell the truth, right? Mirrors tell the truth. If, if you ugly, 
The mirror reveals that. And if you look in the mirror and you think, man, pretty, you know. The reason you see it is because that's the way it is. And if you're beautiful and you see ugly, something wrong in your mind. Yeah, there, there are people that they're, you know, they look a whole lot better than they think they do. But it's because there's some, it's in their mind. It's not something wrong with the mirror. And if you're looking in the mirror, see, there, there's been something wrong in our mind. There's been something wrong up here that we've been looking in the mirror and we've been seeing a mess. We've been seeing, you know, uh, uh, you know, nastiness. We've been seeing problem. We've been seeing, you know, the, the ugliness. But he says, when we are beholding as in a mirror, we are beholding the glory of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean we're beholding the Lord. Because who's looking in the mirror? Beholding the glory of the Lord. He's saying you are the glory of the Lord. You didn't make yourself that way. He made you that way. When, when, when you understand this, you would stop thinking. If, if you really grasp this, you would stop thinking that I'm exalting myself to say that. No, you are exalting him to say that because he's the one that made you that way. Praise God. You're just seeing how he actually made you. He justified you. He is the one who justified you. You didn't justify yourself. He wants to be the justifier. And he was just in doing so. Well, how could God just call someone who's... A mess like I know I am. How could God just call me just? How could He just call me righteous? He could do that because He paid for all of your unrighteousness. Because He made Jesus, who knew no sin, become sin for you, that you might be called the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. He made him who knew no sin. I like to say it this way. He made him who knew no sin, who had done no sin, to become sin for you, that you who had done no righteousness might become righteous. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're not exalting ourselves when we look in the mirror and we say, Looking good there, righteous brother. You know, you're not exalting yourself when you do that. You're exalting him because he's the one that made you that. Praise God. Praise God. You're just accepting. That's really, you want to know, really, that is Bible humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. 
when you acknowledge, I didn't make myself this, I couldn't make myself this, I accept this, I've received this, I am this because he made me this, hallelujah. That's real Bible humility. Praise God. Transformation by revelation. When you see him as he is, then you will know. He didn't say then you will become as he is. It says, you know, he didn't say you will become like him. No, you are already like him. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, the mirror doesn't make you become something. The mirror only reveals what is. Praise God. And so when you look in the mirror and you see what's reflected back, it's not making you become something. It is revealing to you what you are. Praise God. It will reveal to you that you have been made like Him. Praise God. Praise God. See, we have been looking for the sweet by and by when we all shall get to heaven and become instead of realizing what He has made you to be and what you are. Praise God. Now, we're not talking about your behavior. Your behavior will line up with what you know you are. Hallelujah. It will. Your behavior, if you don't like your behavior, go look in the mirror a little longer and start seeing who you really are. James said it this way. He said, the, it talks about the man who looks into a mirror and he goes away and he forgets who he was. He forgets what he saw in the mirror. That's where many people are. That's where most Christians are. They have forgotten what they see in the mirror. Hallelujah. They've forgotten what's reflected back. They look in the mirror and they forget who they are. That's why they, you know, they, they, they behave like what they think they are. You've got to look in the mirror long enough to see who you are. You know, it's not enough to just hear me tell you this on Sunday morning. It's not enough. You're going to have to look in the mirror more often than Sunday morning. Praise God. You'll, if you'll just keep looking in the mirror, just keep beholding in the mirror, you know, when you first get out of the shower and it's all steamy, you know, just stand there and look long enough for the steam to clear away. For, for the cloud to clear up. Praise God. You just take a glance in the mirror, then you go your way to forget who you are. Praise God. I want you to know who you are because transformation comes by revelation. Hallelujah. Then notice this. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 3. He says, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself 
just as he is pure. Praise God. So in other words, when you see this, when you get this, when you understand what he's talking about here, he says, it'll change the way you behave. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives. Now, I'm not switching gears here. We're still on the same thing. Okay? We're still on the same subject. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that who? He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Notice this, that he might sanctify and cleanse her. He is the one who sanctifies and cleanses. And here he says, with the washing of water by the word. So in other words, when you begin to see in the word, in the mirror, you begin to see who, in, in the word who you are, transformation starts to take place in the outer man. Now the transformation, it's, it's already happened in the inner man. When you were born again, you were born of God, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, who has reconciled us to himself. All things are of God. So that means everything, everything in there, it is of God. But there is an inner man and there is an outer man. And the inner man, the transformation has already taken place. The moment you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, it took place in the inner man. But what we're talking about here, when you begin to see it, you get a revelation and it changes the outer man. Praise God. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's what he sees. And that's what you see when you get the true image looking back in the mirror. Hallelujah. You see, Christ that does the sanctifying and the cleansing so why do we keep trying to sanctify and cleanse ourselves? Well, I need to do better. We probably do. But, you see, some people think that guys who preach like this are saying, well, it doesn't matter if you sin. The fact of the matter is those who say that don't understand what we're preaching. You see, we both know that sin's a bad thing. Sin's not good for you. Sin is destructive for your life. But it's how to get you cleaned up and, and fixed that we disagree on. See, many believe that if I stand up here and I tell you everything you did wrong and everything you need to quit doing, that 
you'll somehow respond to that and, and get everything fixed in your life. But that's contrary to what the Scripture says. The Scripture says when you look in the Word and you see in the mirror the glory of the Lord, that's when you get changed. You behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You are transformed into that image. Praise God. See, it's, it's how, do we, how do we get this thing fixed? How do we get this thing fixed? Look at him more. Look at him more. As long as you keep looking at you, you're going to keep being what you've always been. You're going to keep manifesting what you've always been manifesting. But the more you look at him, transformation begins to take place and you begin to manifest what you're seeing. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I've got more, but I don't have time. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you today for your goodness. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We've had to open your word and see who we are from your perspective. Lord, to look into that mirror so that we're seeing what's reflected back to us. What's reflected back is the true picture that we have been sanctified. We have been cleansed. We have been purified by the washing of the water of the word. We have been called the sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray today that that revelation that, that, that you open eyes, just as the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Father, I pray for the eyes of people's understanding today to be enlightened, to know who they are. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like more information about Word of Life Church, please visit us on the web at wolcarlsbad.com. Thank you and have a great week.